All right, Romans chapter 12. Let's read verse, uh, verses 17 through 21. Alrighty. When you get there, say amen or nod your head or something. Amen. Um, okay. Alrighty, here we go. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. If it be possible. You know, sometimes it's not possible. <laughs> That's the truth. There wouldn't be an if in there if, it was, if that was not the case, but it is. As much as lieth in you. Now, dearly beloved... Avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Alright, now that's, that's real important stuff there. And I've got some... Uh, some more to read to go along with that. <clears throat> but let's pray again. Father, we thank you for the Word of God, and I pray you'd bless it now and do what I can't do. I pray the Spirit of God would preach tonight to every heart and mind in here and give the understanding and open the understanding for to the Word of God for each one here. And Lord, I pray you'd help us to get this and not be confused about this. Mighty important, and I pray you'd help us to get it right tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, now, I'm going to talk about the Christian's rules of engagement. The one thing that makes the war between good and evil so difficult is that those are, that are evil are not bound by any rules, <laughs> while the righteous are. That's the problem. They don't play by rules. That's why they're wicked. That's why they're evil. They don't... Oh, they're, they're rebels. They refuse to be governed. They despise dominion. And so they're not going to be told what to do. Not going to be checked in any way. I mean, they've got what they in their mind what they want and they're living after the lust of their flesh and the pride of life and all of that and they're going to have what they want. It doesn't matter what they have to do to you to get it. And so the, anything goes for the wicked. They can lie. They can cheat. They can steal. They can kill. They can fight dirty. And they do. They don't hesitate to use all of those things in order to prevail. Is that right? Yep. Yes, that's right. That's the world you live in. That's the difference between good and evil. They're not governed. They'll do anything. And it seems like nobody does anything about it. The righteous are bound by truth and justice and mercy and righteousness and the fear of God to do what is right in spite of what the wicked do. You know? We, if you're a child of God, you're going to do right. Now, this is the essential difference between the righteous and the wicked. The righteous are governed and the wicked are not. The moment the righteous cease to be governed and launch off into the conflict or the debate or the argument with their passions cut loose from any restraints, they become the same as the wicked. Yes, right. You just 
you become like them. When you start acting like them and responding like them and reacting and, and attacking and, and trying to fight this spiritual fight with carnal weapons, you, you just like them. You join them. The devil's really made a piece of work out of you. And you, belong, you fell into his snare when you start using the same methods that they use. It's also the reason that the reign of the wickedness is so short-lived. The Bible tells us that over and over. Don't fret not thyself because of evildoers, for they shall soon be cut down. They just destroy themselves because they despise dominion. And as soon as the wicked shut up the righteous, then they turn on one another. And it's over pretty soon. There's like a bunch of piranhas in it. You know, it used to scare me to death when I was a kid and I'd see that in a movie or something, you know. And then somebody'd fall in the Amazon River or something and it just... <laughs> and the bones would float up and they has gone. I thought, man, that'd be the worst thing in the world happened to me. But that's how the wicked do. They devour one another. Really, they do. It's also... It's precisely because they refuse to be governed that the wicked turn on one another and destroy themselves. They'll not be governed by other wicked people any more than they'll be governed by righteous people. And you watch what happens in our situation right now, in our country and in our world. You just watch what they do. After that happens, when they destroy themselves, the righteous that remain are left in control again until they follow the same path as the wicked before them. That's what happens. Sometimes it's been said that evil prevails because good men do nothing. Well, the reason for that is that good men won't become bad men in order to stop bad men. God don't ordain that to be the way we do. He didn't ordain that to be the way we deal with this situation. Good men won't lie and cheat and steal and kill in order to have their way. Good men don't do that. Amen. It's only when evil crosses a certain threshold that good men take up arms against them. Say, when is that? Well... I can't define it exactly to you. I don't think anybody can. But there is a point where that something has to be done. And God ordains it to be done. And the sad thing is that by the time that happens, it's almost, almost all is lost. Yes. You know, that's what happened to the world in World War II, see. Everybody set it out until they just couldn't set it out anymore. The United States wouldn't get involved any more than supplies and all of that until we were attacked and forced into the fight. Sometimes that's what happens. Rules of engagement are defined by the world like this. They say... It's a directive issued by a military authority controlling the use and degree of force, especially specifying circumstances and limitations for engaging in combat. Well, you've all, if you kept up with anything, you know that for the last several years, we've, our crazy government 
has put such rules of engagement on the soldiers that they can't win. There's an old saying that uh, all's fair in love and war. Well, I don't know about love. That's a, that's a bunch of junk. But war is pretty much that way. When it's war, everything's off the table. When it's got to that point, everything's, I mean, wide open. If we're going to have a war, you can't put a soldier in prison for killing the enemy. You can't do that. But that's what we've been doing. See, our... Rules of engagement that have been set by unregenerate, uh, liberal-minded uh, centers in the government are is hurting us. I mean, they're out of order, out of balance completely. You know, if you go get a concealed carry permit, you don't even have to do that anymore to carry a gun. Not in Missouri and a lot of other states, but... If you go to do that, you had to go through some training where they really stress to use some rules to go by if you ever have to use that gun. You know, that's all it was, practically. I mean, you had to shoot at a target maybe as far as from here to that wall right there between here and the kitchen, but anybody can do that. My goodness, how in the world could you miss that close? It wasn't about that. All of the training in the class to qualify, you know, to go through. You just had to go through this in order. But it was warning and warning and warning. You can't do this. You can't do that. You better not do this. You better not do that. They stress the rules to go by. Rules that will keep you in the right. So you don't end up in jail instead of the person who's trying to kill you. (laughs) That's right. Because it's very easy to do. It's not the Wild West anymore. And one second of diversion from what's right and you're the criminal now. Right. Now since the Bible describes Christians as being soldiers and speaks of warfare in the spiritual realm, we should also have some rules of engagement as a guide and a governor for what we do and say when we engage the enemy. Y'all with me? You know, the heat of the conflict or the passion, it's not the time to figure out what you should do or what you should say or not say. That's not the time to do that. You better think this out ahead of time. I mean, that business of carrying a gun, you better have it thought out in your mind thoroughly or don't even try it. Because you can't It's too important. You can't mess up. And it's that. Don't you think it's much more important in the spiritual realm and what we're dealing with and the souls of men and our own children and families and circle? Don't you think that's there's much more at stake than just what's at stake when you're carrying a gun? We just referred to the rules for carrying a gun and all that and, and using a gun to defend yourself. Well, the same things apply in our spiritual warfares. If we deviate from these rules of engagement that God has decreed for us, then we become one of them. Y'all with me now? Yes, sir. I mean, if you got a gun and somebody, uh, you know, looks like they're going to attack you and you made a mistake in judgment and you shoot them, you're going to prison. 
That's right. Because you're the criminal now. You mess up and you deal with people and we've all done it. Deal with people with the, with the devil's weapons instead of these spiritual weapons that God's given us and told us to use is the only way to do it. The first thing we got to understand is that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Now you've heard this verse over the last year here over and over and over. But 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 3 and 4. For though we walk in the flesh, and that don't mean we're carnal minded, carnally minded and that we live after the flesh. Though we walk in the flesh. You know, we preached about that here a while back. There's no other way to walk in this world. You're in a body of flesh. And that's what he's talking about. Though we walk in the flesh. That's different than walking after the flesh. Alright, I'm going to move on. We do not war after the flesh. You see the difference? For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. That's fleshly. But mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. In other words, we don't think in the fleshly, carnal, earthly, temporal realm. You know, like we're in an, a, a terrarium or something and there's nothing else but us and them. That's not how we think. That's not how we battle in this spiritual warfare. We don't war after the flesh. And we don't use weapons that are a product of the flesh. The works of the flesh in Galatians chapter 5 are manifest, 19 through 21, which are these. And adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft. Anybody know what the next one is? Hatred. Variance. Emulations. Anybody know what emulations is? That's competition. Yeah. Uh, it's setting one against another. Mm-hmm. You know, it's striving for superiority. Wrath, strife, seditions, envyings, murders. I skipped heresies and there's more here, but I'm just picking out the ones and stressing that apply to what we're talking about here. Our weapons of our warfare are not carnal. So those things are what they use, but we don't. Hatred, variance, strife. I mean, you want to fight me? I'll fight you. I had a preacher email me a few years ago. He lived out in Utah, I believe. I hope you all didn't know him. But he was a. <laughs> he wanted. He was looking for preachers and evangelists to come out and fight him. You know, he was a fighter, wrestler. You think I'm making this up, don't you? No, I'm not. I'll verify it. He was emailing preachers and evangelists and missionaries to come out there, and any of them that wanted to come out and fight him, that's what he'd like to do. So <laughs> It's hard to believe him. Oh, but hatred and variance and emulations and wrath and strife and seditions. It's very clear to us that the wicked use those weapons. But we're not to engage them with those things. What are we supposed to do to our enemies? 
Love them. What are we supposed to do with those that despitefully use us? Yes. That's how we're to respond. You believe that? That's what the Bible tells Oh my goodness, i got a whole bunch of Scripture here. We cannot even be perceived as engaging them with these things or we lose our testimony and our power against them. Do you understand that? Yes. We can't even be perceived that way. Yep. You know, the tone of our voice, the, the, our countenance, they'll, they'll poke and poke and poke to make you mad. And then when they make you mad, well, then they, they just, <laughs> see there? <laughs> That's what they do. That's true. They can't even perceive that, so you better have a handle on this. Yes. You better have a poker face. <laughs> <laughs> you, better ha- you better practice not looking, not letting your passion show through, mm-hmm. through your eyes, through your face, facial expressions. We, but I mean, most people don't have to worry about that because they can't even keep it from coming out of their tongue. Yeah, that's true. And some of them can't even keep it from coming with their fist. Man, they'll just haul off and knock your block off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've heard preachers say that, you know. I've heard one of them, he told me, he said some woman got right in his face and run her mouth. And he said, now look, lady, this is... He said, you're stepping, you stand over there, I'll talk to you like a lady, but if you step right up here where you're at right now, you're in a man's domain, I'll knock your block off. Now, see what I'm talking about? You see what I'm talking about? I may be a Christian, but I can fight. I mean, and, and you know, well, the Scriptures are very clear about how we are to do battle with evil. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, 9 through 14. Not rendering evil for evil. That's pretty plain, isn't it? Or railing for railing. But contrarywise, blessing. Bless them that curse you, Jesus said. Yep. Can you do it? Can you do it with joy? Can you do it with Knowing that the Spirit of God has empowered you to do that? Can you do it knowing that it's more powerful than what their railing is? Or anything else they got to throw at you? Can you do that with faith knowing that what it's doing to them really? Mm-hmm. If your enemy, we read in the opening verses there, if your enemy's hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him to drink. If he's naked, clothe him. What does it do to him? What well, pours hot coals of fire on his head? Breaks him down. Kindness does that. Knowing that ye are thereunto called. Alright? Not rendering evil for evil, or railing for railing, but contrary blessing. Knowing that ye are thereunto called. If you're a child of God, you're called to do this. Don't tell me God ain't told me to do that yet. He did right there. He's already told you. And if you didn't know it, now I've told you that He told you, so you're without excuse. You're called to do that. That ye should inherit a blessing. For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. Let him eschew evil and do good. Let him seek peace and ensue it. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and His ears are open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. And who is he that will harm you? If ye be followers of that which is good. 
But, and if ye suffer for righteousness' sake, happy are ye, and be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled. Down in verse 16 17, that same chapter, he says, Having a good conscience, that whereas they speak evil of you as of evildoers, they may be ashamed that falsely accuse your good conversation in Christ. For it is better, if the will of God be so, that you suffer for well-doing than for evil-doing. Don't you think that's true? Yes, sir. Now, the temptation is strong to fight fire with fire. And, you know, I don't know. I think as you get older and more experienced, you get better at this. I think it's a, it's a fault when you're young, I think, because of the inexperience and the ignorance and, just the, and the lack of experience of just walking with God and seeing that the Word of God's true. And when you obey God, what really happens, He does what He says. You obey God, you'll see the Word of God come to pass just like He says. But it, the temptation's strong to fight fire with fire, but as Christians, we can't, we just can't win that way. We don't win when we do that. Have you lived long enough? Have you had any experience in this area enough to realize that that is so true? You don't win. You don't win an argument. You know, don't argue with people over the Bible. Don't argue with people over the truth and standards and everything else. I quit that a long time ago. Never won one. Never did win. I had the facts and I believe I was right, but they wouldn't accept it. You realize that? That's right. It's a waste. It's more than a waste of time. It's a detriment to the cause of Christ. And it's a grief to your soul. You always come away feeling bad about it. Our passions will get the best of us unless we're truly filled with the Spirit of God. Hear me? Remember these things. It's a fiery trial of our faith to love our enemies and to do good to them which despitefully use us when we want to strike out and give them a taste of their own medicine. Say, well, that's what I really want to do. Well, you're not the only one. I mean, but there's no excuse for us in that. And it's, it, it shows the immaturity in our spirit and soul when that's our first reaction. You know. And more so when it's our first reaction and we just let it rip. Or we start to let it rip before we draw it in. See, you can't do that either. No. you got to learn to stop it before it ever makes its way out. Harsh words. Yes, sir. We must remember that God deals with wickedness the same way He's telling us to. Y'all listening to me now? I hear the basketball bouncing. Psalm 52, verse 1. It's a psalm of David when dog, I call him dog, the Edomite came, because he was a dog, came and told Saul and said unto him, David is come into the house of Ahimelech. Why boastest thou thyself in mischief, O mighty man, the goodness of God endureth continually. Now, do you get that? 
Doeg the Edomite was the one who was standing there that day and saw the priest give David this Goliath's sword and the bread. And, and he went and told Saul. And Saul killed all the priests except Ahimelech. And David says, Why boastest thou thyself in mischief, O mighty man? The goodness of God endureth continually. Do you see what, what the deal is there? David is thinking about the goodness of God. What's this doeg thinking about? Evil. Romans 2 verse 4. Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. How does God deal with wickedness? That's what I'm trying to get across to you. What does the Bible show us? Goodness. Kindness. He's kind to the unthankful and to the evil. That's how God is. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 43 through 48, Ye have heard that it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. That's, they did that back then too. They twisted the word of God to suit their own selves. See? He said, You've heard it said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemies. Do you know who's talking here? This is the Lord. Love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. That ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh his reign to fall on the evil and on the good. And sendeth rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love them which love you, what reward have you? Another gospel says, what thank have you? Which is the same word as grace. Which is the divine influence upon the heart and life. So, he says, if you just love them that love you... <laughs> What's that got to do with God? How can God be? What proof is that that God is in you? Sinners do that, he said. Do not even the publicans the same? And if you salute your brethren only, what do ye more than others? Do not even the publicans so? Be ye therefore... Go ahead and say it. Perfect. Even as your Father which is in heaven is... Perfect. Perfect means mature, complete. So grow up. Grow up in your Christian life. Grow up in grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Start acting like that. Start responding like that. When you engage the enemy, when people persecute you and speak all manner of evil against you falsely and all of these things that they do, don't react like a sinner. Don't react like an old, carnal, hot-headed, unregenerate sinner. If God is in you, react differently. These are God's rules of engagement. Whatever the provocation, whatever the offense, whatever the threat, we must always remember that our identity as a Christian is at stake in the eyes of those we are engaging. 
That's what they are doing. That's what the devil is doing. He's trying you. And he's trying to get you to blow it. Lose your credibility as a, as a Christian. So that everybody around can just say, we don't have to listen to him. We don't have to listen to her. They're phony. They say they are, but boy, all you got to do is just poke at them a little bit and they, man, the fire comes right out of them just like always. Isn't it a shame? What I just said there is common for most people who profess to be Christians. They act that way. Man, they'll blow off and throw a hissy fit and everything else. At the least provocation, some of them. If the time comes that we have to take some action against another who intends to do us or someone else harm, and we do. I mean, you know, there's just a whole other side of this that, uh, <laughs> that needs to be addressed, but I'm just going to touch it here. If the time comes when we have to take some action against another who intends to do us or someone else harm, we better th make sure that we consider what it's going to look like and sound like to a world full of sinners. I hope you all heard that. Yes, sir. It also requires some rules of engagement that we should consider and have nailed down ahead of time. This engaging the enemy that way. We can do good. And we that's our weapons. That's what we're to use. That's the way we're to deal with them. Those are the rules of engagement when we're, when we're wronged, when we're slandered, when we're persecuted, and all of that. But there comes a time when it goes beyond that. Mm -hmm. yes. Jesus told them, don't take a sword. Don't take a script. Don't take... But then later He said, if you don't have a sword, buy one. Yeah. So there is another side to this too. If the time comes when we're called upon to deny the Lord or face the consequences, we need to be ready to give the right answer. First Peter three fifteen, this is a verse we quote pretty often too, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 18, the armor of God. At the end of that, he says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. In other words, <laughs> you pray always and with all, all supplication, you know, all, all perseverance and all saints I mean, you're engaged. You understand? You're not on the sidelines of watching the fight. You're in it. Mm -hmm. I mean, and when you're in a battle, you're not thinking about much else. You're not going to be in the midst of a battle and be thinking of your mind wandering around. That's right. You ain't going to live long. <laughs> That's right. You got to, it's, ain't nothing matters except what's going on right here, right now. And staying alive. That's the way a battle is. Real warfare is. But always, you know, the bottom line 
is to be filled with the Spirit always and not walking after the flesh. And I'm talking about being filled with the Holy Spirit of God and not walking after the flesh. When you're walking after the flesh, all you can see is men as trees walking. You just see the earth and those around you, like I said a while ago, like you're in a terrarium or something. You don't see anything else. You don't think about anything else. You don't think there's anything above or below. You're just living in your little enclosed world as walking after the flesh. Just what you want, what you feel, what you need. Don't do that. Walk with God. Be careful to maintain a close walk with God at all times. And you'll not get caught off guard. When the devil hurls those fiery darts at you and stirs up your mind and your emotions, that's what he does. And we've all been caught off guard many times. How many times have you come home from somewhere where you got somebody said something or it could not necessarily a conflict, but there was this golden opportunity to say something and you just you weren't ready. You missed it. Because your mind wasn't in the right realm. You're full of thoughts about, you know, all the busyness and the worldly things that you're involved in that are not necessarily wrong and evil, but just so caught up with the cares of life that you just weren't ready. You see what I'm saying? You got to walk with God yes, close, on purpose. You got to be filled with the Spirit and be ready so you're not caught off guard. That is a whole lot better experience. When you're ready and something comes along. Yes, sir. I mean, you know, ain't going to do you no good if your gun ain't loaded. An unloaded gun don't do anybody any good. That's right. Amen. Yep. It's uh, bow season. Coda there's all excited about it. But if he goes to the woods and the deer walks up and then he remembers he didn't bring any arrows in his bow, then, man, what a bummer. Well, yeah, throw the bow at him. That's about all you can do. Take a picture of him and say, look what I see. But I'm, you know, being ready. Having your weapons at hand. Know what to do know what to do in certain situations. I remember when I first got saved and we'd go out visiting people and I was scared to death because I didn't know nothing. I didn't know any Bible verses. I didn't know how to answer any questions. I knew they was going to ask questions and and it really bothered me. So you know what I did? I started studying. I started trying to get some weapons and ammunition so I'd know and so that I'd be ready to give an answer. Always stop before you answer somebody in anger or frustration or any other passion and consider what it is that stirred you up. And don't fall into the devil's trap. You can do that. Now you can do that. If you just discipline your mind and your mouth... Some people just can't ever get it. They, but the Bible says that if, if a man bridleth not his tongue, his religion's in vain. If you can't control what you say, then you got really nothing in here. That's what he's saying. You just don't have the real thing. 
The Spirit of God in you will bridle that tongue. So I'm telling you, just hold your tongue for a minute. Stop before you answer in anger or frustration. This is Everybody's angry in the world, aren't they? When somebody's angry, what does that stir in you? If I mean, if they say something real nasty to you, just in you, what's your first reaction? Hmm? Well, your first reaction is the habit of your life before you were saved. Now, if you're saved and the Holy Ghost lives in you, I mean, this has got to become a reality at some point in your life or else it's just not, you just miss something real important. Yes, you do. A soft answer? Turn of the way wrath. There you go. Have you, how many of you know that that's true? Yes, it does. But if somebody says something mean to you and you just say something mean right back to them, what does that do? First thing you know, man, you're on the floor fighting. Or throwing stuff at somebody. Or somebody nowadays, somebody pull out a gun and shoot you. That's right. Get out on the road and just drive. You know, that people are crazy. Insane. You better not answer anger with anger. That's good advice for everybody. But this is Christians I'm talking to tonight. That... And the way we engage the world around us and the enemy. First Timothy chapter 6 and verse 12. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Whereunto thou art also called. And hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. Now don't fight like an unregenerate sinner does. Fight like a child of God. There is a difference. We're bound by rules. They're not. We know that. They're not. They can say anything to you. They can call you anything. They can accuse you of anything. They can call you a liar. They can reject anything you say to them. But we're not supposed to deal with them with the same things. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not all that stuff. So don't use the devil's weapons to fight the devil. You're going to get in trouble. The weapons of our warfare are mighty. His really are not. You know, human anger and passion and all that, that's not really mighty stuff. It's poison. And it always bears rotten fruit. But 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4 and 5, I'll read this. It's the same verse as I read before, but I want you to. I added. Uh, we're going to read the next verse or two with it here. But for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God. But mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Well, ain't that what we want to do? I know some people who the devil has a stronghold in their life, in their mind, in their soul. There's no way I can do anything about it. With my reasoning, with my pleading, with my warning, with my bribing, or enticing, or promising, or there's nothing I can do. 
It'll all be thrown right back at me. But right here, you ju- I just read to you where the weapons of our warfare are mighty. To the pulling down of strongholds. What we've got to use that we've been talking about right here. Jesus told us, Peter told us, Paul told us the same things. And the Bible tells us right here that they are able to accomplish <laughs> much more than we can even uh, imagine or think. Casting down imaginations. All the crazy thoughts that people have in their minds and their fault that the devil has filled their mind with lies and foolishness and false information about everything. Our weapons that we have to use, that God has ordained for us to use, can deal with that. Y'all getting this? Yes, sir. So important. And every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. That deals with atheists, with devil worshipers. That deals with demon-possessed, crazy people. That's what the, I mean, nothing is out of the reach of God if we'll cooperate. We're laborers together with Him. That's what we're supposed to be. Most people are working against Him. Most Christianity today takes the side of the sinner against God and works against God. Defending, excusing, explaining, pitying. But if we will do what God tells us to do and do it the way God tells us to do it here, there's no limit to what can be done against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Now that's what our weapons will do. When we consider our lost loved ones and the depth of the darkness around us, isn't that enough for us to trust God with it? I mean, what more could we want God to promise us than that right there that I've just read to you? That ought to be, that, those uh, three verses right there, two verses, should be enough to convince us to do it God's way. When we're dealing with lost people, especially lost loved ones. I wish somebody would have said these things to me a long time ago. wish I could have understood this like I do now a long time ago. Weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. I mean, it works. It really does work. I had a hard time understanding Jesus because that's the way He did. When you, you know, go home, take your Bible, read the Gospels and just study. You know, you get some understanding and knowledge about things, then you go back and read those things again. And with that in mind, and you just see the whole picture, you just see a whole new picture laid out there. Look at how Jesus did battle with evil. Look at the whole thing. I mean, you can see him turning over the tables in the temple. But you can also see how he dealt with every kind of thing that was thrown at him.
It amazed me. I've been watching for that because we've been reading in the Gospels and I've been watching how that they would ask him questions trying to trap him or ask him some foolish thing and he would never answer them. He didn't answer. He just went around the horn and, and dealt with the real issue. Time to answer. But we'll, you know, if somebody wants to argue with us, most of us will just take it right out. Used to, I used to do that. Yeah, people used to email me and write me and stuff. And I'm talking about years ago. It's nothing in the recent years. But I quit. I quit. I learned to recognize the devil. You know, trying to provoke me. You know, wasn't too hard to provoke me back then. But now I won't. I won't answer. If somebody really has a serious question and they want to want what I think about it, I'll tell them. But if they want to argue with me, no deal. Not going to do that here. I had one recently, you know, and I talked a little bit to him, but he was wanting to debate. And I, he's a Calvinist. I'm not going to convince him. No use. Ain't no use. He's And he's not going to convince me. So... There's no need in all of this. This rehashing, all this same old stuff, same old stuff, same old stuff. I done read that. I done, I already know that. I already know what he said. I already know where that came from. I know all this stuff. Why do we need to, I ain't got time to waste fooling with that. Somebody really wants to know? Just listen to me preach. You'll figure out what I believe pretty quick. I don't try to hide stuff. And uh, don't go down the road and ask somebody else what I believe. You won't get the right answer. And that's a fact, too. That's true. But I've learned to just leave all that in God's hands. You know, I'll just be, I really will. I'll be nice to everybody that comes along. No matter how they've treated me, I'm not going to treat them the same way. And you know, that is the only way we're ever going to prevail and accomplish anything for God. That's true. Well, you just got to have some rules. And you got to think about it ahead of time. You need to study this out for yourself and figure out that this is right. Debates. The Bible speaks bad about debates. It It speaks of it in a in a negative tone, very much. I don't debate. I believe what I've learned from the Word of God, and I'm not going to debate about it. There's not. I'm not looking anymore for. Uh, you know, I'm not confused anymore about everything. Now I'm. I'm still willing to learn and all of that. I'm still learning, but I'm not looking for somebody to teach me different and. I've found the truth. Amen. And what I've preached to you tonight is truth. I haven't preached to you pass, uh, you know, what you call it, pacifist doctrine. You know, there's, it's like everything else. There's some truth in it, but it ends up in error the way they teach it.
right, I'll stop. Quarter after eight. Let's bow. Father, we thank you for the Word of God, and I pray that you would bless these things to our minds and hearts and help us to assimilate them into our life and digest them here. And, and Lord, that we would not only just hear the truth, but that we would do it. Lord, help us. It's our, our testimony is at stake with what we've talked about here tonight. How we act and react whenever we interact with those people that are outside of your kingdom. Please help us. Lord, it's also a problem among ourselves how we act and react. It hurts or helps the kingdom of God by how close we uh, adhere to these rules of engagement you've given us here. Simple, pretty simple. And not a lot of complicated things about it. Pray you'd help us be filled with your spirit and walk close to you and and work at it. And Lord, give not place to the devil, but that we would live our lives in in your presence. Go with us now and watch over everybody as we go back home in Jesus' name. Amen.